You are appointed and charged with being the CEO of your own life. CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer, in case you don't know. You're in charge of that. You have executive power over how God's limitless good is managed and allocated in your own life. These are facts. It's true for each and every one of us. And the level of your CEO-ship is a result of decisions and choices that you make every day. Do you realize how many choices you make every day? Do you realize how many choices you made to get here today? What to wear, what to eat, how to get here, who to smile at, whether or not you were going to sing, whether or not you were going to wear a mask. So many choices. We make choices and decisions constantly. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, realized that when Jesus attained a certain soul development, he called to himself his disciples. And Charles also went on to let us see and understand the metaphysical interpretation of Jesus calling upon these disciples and what that means for us in our lives as we seek higher consciousness. As we develop our personal consciousness to spiritual consciousness, we deliberately train, deepen our understanding, and use these powers more effectively. And today, the power that we're going to look at is the power of will. Charles Fillmore in Christian Healing said, the power of will is an executive function of mind and carries out the edict of the I am, the I am that I, I, am, that I am, which is the God in each and every one of us. The apostle that represents this power is Matthew, and he was the first apostle that Jesus chose. You know, Jesus would speak in front of lots of people, and he could see Levi in the back. And Levi was a tax collector. And back then, to be a tax collector, you had a very strong will. And sometimes the tax collectors would actually even take more money than what was due to the Romans. They were collecting taxes from the Hebrews because they were living on Roman land, and they would, and they would give it to the Romans. So he gave up his money getting to follow Jesus. His name was changed to Matthew from Levi because it means a gift from God. Matthew represents our will because in order to be a tax collector, he had to have a certain will. And in order to follow Jesus, he had to have a different will. I like to say a higher will. The will that Kenneth was talking about in the song when he listened to that still small voice that was talking to him from his heart. His heart was not telling him to go and collect money for the Romans. His heart was telling him to follow Jesus and see what's there. When an individual's will becomes a disciple of Christ, in other words, the spiritual I am, our schooling begins. Using our will to go beyond self-serving purposes, that is what Matthew went on to do. Each of us has that capacity to change the direction of our will. The feminine aspect of the power of will is Martha. Now, last month, we talked about her sister Mary, she was the feminine representative of the power of understanding. Martha represents the outer activity of the soul that is receiving the higher self. She desires to show her love by service. I don't know if you remember the story, but when Jesus came to town, all Martha wanted to do was make sure the house was clean and make sure everybody got food and blah, 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 whereas Mary just wanted to be at the feet of Jesus and she wanted to just wash his feet with the special ointment. The color... Behind the left eye is silver. 
And the definition of will is the ability to choose, to decide, to command, to direct, and to determine. It is our power to ignite action through choice. This is where we become the creator and co-creator with God. We all have will. Our power comes from our capacity to exercise that will. It is both our power and our servant. It empowers us and serves us to manifest as we so choose. So think about it, though. It's also the power of will that moves the other 12 faculties into action. We choose what we want to believe. That's the power of faith. We decide when, where, or for what we want to stay the course. That's the power of strength. We determine when to judge and when to apply what we know. That's the power of wisdom. We pick what we desire, what we need, and for whom we have the biggest and highest regard. That's the power of love. We determine what we master or have dominion over. That's the power of power. We choose what we want to visualize. That's the power of imagination. We select what we want to know. That's the power of understanding. We command what and when we organize, sequence, and adjust. That's the power of order. We direct what we are passionate about. That's the power of zeal. We determine what we want to deny or get rid of. That's the power of elimination. And we select what we vitalize and what we enliven. That is the power of life. So for every one of the other powers, we have to use the power of will. Life boils down to a series of choices. It is our power of will that allows us to make these choices. Viktor Frankl, who was a concentration camp survivor, he was tortured beyond belief. Everything was taken from him. His family was killed. His clothes were taken. They even took his wedding band. He was standing there naked, and they noticed he had a wedding band on, and they took it from him. Well, he survived the concentration camps, and he went on to write books, and he was a doctor. And he wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. That's powerful. The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. In any given set of circumstances, we can be the victor or the victim. In any given set. It's amazing when, for me to think about that and to feel so empowered by that. We get to choose our own way. And as we grow, we learn to self-regulate and self-control. That's our will. And I don't know if you've ever seen a baby have a temper tantrum. Well, that's the baby's first experience with will, their power of will. And they learn. We learn from that young what we're going to choose and what we don't choose, depending on how people respond to us. Every religion commands seeking a greater will or higher purposefulness. There's a Zen proverb that says, when the will is ready, the feet are light. In Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own will is like a city broken down with no walls. Christianity points to Jesus teaching about prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. Thy will be done is a way of affirming the universal good expressing through us as a whole, well-balanced person. That's God's will for us, the God's will that's within each and every one of us. The high will be done. We're asking to be a channel for infinite good, to pour through us out to humanity. 
Your will is the fulfillment of life, love, and wisdom, and all spiritual power. God's will for us all is health, love, compassion, prosperity, financial stability, peace of mind, joy. Everything everyone said this morning is God's will for us. They're the things that are true in truth. They don't go away. In prayer, are you willing to experience what you want? Are you willing to feel uncomfortable? Because sometimes when we get what we want, it's not really comfortable, but it's what we've been praying for. Are you willing to forgive everyone? Are you willing to pray? When we pray for others, what we're taught at Unity is just pray that they are willing. Because we can't really determine what the outcome is for anybody else. So just see them whole and healthy and pray that they're willing to see how to be whole and healthy. Spiritual will is not submitting my personal will to an invisible superhuman being. It is our power of choice, commitment, and willingness. So when we say, thy will be done, we're not saying God's somebody outside of us. It's that God within us. It's that still, small voice, that quiet voice that Kenneth was singing about that we go to as our last resort, right? We generally want to make choices with our ego and our intellect. But we really, as we grow into our spiritual consciousness, we'll start tapping into our heart and asking, what is mine to do? So this is, when we call upon the power of will, it's really not willpower, it's being willing. It's willingness. It is allowing. A person with little willpower will give in easily. They're wishy-washy. They can't make up their mind. They can't make decisions. And with the slightest influence or a bit of pressure or criticizing, they collapse. That's underdeveloped will. Sometimes we realize that in some areas of our life, we have powerful willpower, and others we have weak. Like for me, I'm very great in willingness and have very willful, not willful, but willing to exercise. I have very weak willpower when I have chocolate come by my face. Right? I exercise every day and I eat chocolate every day. That's how I look at it. But it's not the way it should be if I want to get the goals I want. My point is looking at where you have willpower, where your willpower is healthy and where your willpower is weak. Underdeveloped willpower can also appear to be overdeveloped. Like if you know somebody who's stubborn, stuck in their ways, won't listen, won't allow any inside or outside information to come in. I made up my mind. I'm not changing it. This is also using willpower in an unhealthy way. In Divine Audacity, Linda Martella Whitsett says, when we rely entirely on personal or human willpower, our willingness can become a handicap to fulfillment. Look at all the New Year's resolutions. So many of them are made from that place of willpower. Even in world problems, if you look at genocide or global warming, that's coming from a place of willpower rather than willingness. Because there's so many different cultures that know different ways that we could do things to save the planet, but are we willing to do that? Are we willing to look at all of that? Or do we always just let science determine it? There's got to be a balance there. Linda Martellowitz explains how our power of choice, commitment, and willingness activate the power of will in our lives. Choice is the choosing power of will. It's our ability to desire one possibility amongst infinite choices. Desire is the driver of choice, making and springs from discontent. 
Curiosity is desire. Doubt is desire. Worry is desire. Confusion is desire. Desire searches for relief or fulfillment. Our most successful choosing and most spiritual activation of will follows wisdom, our power of judgment and discernment, and then activates imagination, our power of conception, vision, and creation. From infinite possibilities, we choose one. Our choice sets in motion a shift in consciousness from meandering discontent to a path toward fulfillment. Then we have commitment. We choose one infinite possibility, determine it is ours, resolve to follow its calling, and commit to it. Commitment places us on a path that leads to deliberate action. Until we commit, we will vacillate from one thing to another. This uses up a lot of energy and gets us nowhere. We become scattered and aimless. Committing to a path harnesses spiritual energy. It frees our brain from aimless unproductivity. Commit to the path itself and not a future point of goal completion. Because what happens is when we are in the power of will and willingness and allowing, that future goal may not be what we think it's going to be or what we desire it to be. You know, I never thought by picking a man, first my thought was, I'm going to choose a man that has no kids. I had had it with dating guys with kids. I didn't want to do it. And then I met Gabe. And two months after we met, I was going to break up with him because he had kids. But they were grown kids. And then I was guided not to do that. And today, those kids bring me so much joy. If I hadn't listened to that still, small voice, I would have lost so much. I would have given up so much. Although, I don't know, maybe at some point I would have. But I finally said yes. And today, I get to enjoy not only his kids, but his grandchildren, my grandchildren. And I never had to go through the joys and the heartbreaks of having children. <laughs> anyway. Um, so be willing to be guided. Commitment says, when I just don't feel like it, I'm going to do it anyway. And then there's willingness. If commitment is the sustaining power of will, willingness is the fuel to make commitment possible. Being willful is the antithesis of the spiritual power of will. Willingness is the antidote of willfulness. Willfulness equates to mental determination, which is essential to achieving goals. However, when used in a vacuum for personal gain, it becomes a negative attribute, the opposite of allowing. To proceed with willfulness, we become uncooperative with fresh ideas that are always flowing. In the 12 powers of man, Fillmore stated, stubborn, willful, resistant states of mind congest life flow. Willingness is a state of allowing, which is our capacity to welcome and receive our gifts. Allowing is our ability to cooperate with the flow of divine ideas. It is the state of staying flexible and alert to inner wisdom. It is a state of agreement. It is that place that we allow ourselves to be great as Maria's poem talked about. Who are we not to be great? As children of God, we are here to be great, but we have to listen to that still small voice to find that greatness. In Job 22:21, agree with God and be at peace. In this way, goodwill, good will come to you. 
And agree with God means to agree with God wanting us to be healthy and happy and filled with love and finding peace and joy. That's agreeing with God. It's not agreeing with somebody outside of me. In the Daily Word on uh, March 19th, 2019, the power of will, the powers of love and wisdom light and direct our power of will. So our power of love is our heart. And our power of wisdom works with our heart so that we don't do lustful things. And it's these two powers that direct our power of will. Will is our ability to make decisions and act on them. We must remember each day that we are more than human beings. We are spiritual beings. We are made in the likeness and image of God and heir to all that God is. In prayer, we align in thought and following with the divine presence, the Christ within. We pray affirmatively, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And heaven can be here when we're following that heart's desire. All sense of limitation dissolves into awareness of oneness with God. Human willfulness gives way to willingness as new possibilities for good are revealed. Divine love, wisdom, and understanding illumine and direct my will. We all have the power to say, I will or I won't. Our, our willpower really kicks in when we get what we want from our heart, that heart's desire. When we are really connected to our soul's desire, we are, are now bringing in our heart and wisdom. This is coming from that highest place within us. That is when we have the power to do what is in our highest good to do. If, if our will is empowered by higher ideals, we will have the strength and perseverance for people who stand for compassion, who stand for peace, who stand for equality, who stand for honoring the divine in all. That comes from within them and they have the perseverance. They have that power of spiritual will helping them along. When this becomes our purpose and our will is aligned with this, it is what Jesus meant when he said, not my will, but thy will. Even though he did not want to face being hung on the cross, he committed to higher ideals. He committed himself to fulfill his purpose on life. Thy will, it is part of us. That is in alignment with our soul's purpose. Mother Teresa demonstrated this beautifully. She had high values. She committed herself to that where there is no longer a challenge for her in personal will because her life was given over to that higher will. When we do that, we become an instrument. Things are accomplished through you and other people that you could not have imagined. When she died, there wasn't much in her room. There was one poem on her wall called The Paradoxical Commandments. It was written in 1968 by Dr. Kent M. Keith. I don't think he was a doctor then. He was probably a student, but I'm going to read the poem. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. 
The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help but may attack you if you do help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Because in the final analysis, it's not what we're doing for other people, it's what we're doing for that God within us, that higher calling. So the final story about Mother Teresa, she was traveling to Honduras and she had a young man who was assigned to her to be her travel companion. And then he was gonna study with her beyond that. So the flight's taking off, the flight attendant comes around and asks if she wants a meal and she says, no, I'm not really interested in a meal, but how much does that meal cost if I, if I don't have it? So the flight attendant, I don't know, I'll go and ask somebody. So she went and asked the pilot and the pilot said it was a dollar, so she came back and she said, told Mother Teresa that it was a dollar. She said, well, if I don't eat my meal, will the airline give me a dollar? So the flight attendant's like, well, I don't know. So she went and asked the pilot, and the pilot said, look, it's Mother Teresa. I'll give her a dollar. <laughs> so, so the word got around, and 129 people in that airplane gave up their food and gave her a dollar. So in a little while, Mother Teresa said to the young man, what do you think they're doing with the food that nobody ate? She said, why don't you ask them what they're doing? So he's like, oh gosh, okay. So the young man called the flight attendant and said, what are you doing with the food that nobody ate? She said, well, we're going to have to throw it away. So Mother Teresa looked over at the young man and said, ask them if I can take the food to the children in Honduras. So a little hesitantly, but the young man said, will you please ask the captain if Mother Teresa can have the meals. So the captain says, it's Mother Teresa. She can have the meals. So now she's got $129. She's got 129 meals. As they landed, she notices one of the trucks that pull the luggage. She looks at the young man and said, will you ask them if we can borrow one of those trucks to take the 129 meals to the boy, to the children? So now he's really embarrassed. He said, Mother Teresa wants to know if she can borrow one of those trucks. So this time the captain had to call the airline. When the airline found out who it was, they said, this is gonna be the best publicity we've ever had. Of course, we'll, we'll give her a driver to take the, the meals. So she got her food, but then as they're disembarking, she notices another plane coming in and she looks at the young man and the young man says, oh no, Mother Teresa, I love you dearly, but I'm not going to ask for that airplane or anything in it. So the summary is, we need to move beyond our selfish will, the little will, and say, I am here for a higher purpose. Let all that I do be for the best for all. Let us make decisions and use our will to act at that level. Are you willing to be bold? Are you willing to be bright? Are you willing to be brilliant? Are you willing to be your biggest self? So the ending affirmation, I use my power of will to choose, to commit, and to be willing. I am willing to boldly reach for my next goal using my heart and wisdom as anchors. I am willing to risk being vulnerable in love. I want to say thank you. I'm your sister companion in prayer, possibility, and power. I appreciate you. I love you. 
And until we meet again, remember that you are blessed and a blessing.